Can you yodel? No, I don't think so. Hang on. What does he yodel say? There's a she-wolf <laughs> in your closet. La, da, da. I think it's like that. No. I don't so you go from your head voice to your chest voice, but okay. slide. Ah, no. Ah, ah, I can't do it. Yeah. Okay, right. Okay. Let's begin. You're listening to Just a Girl Podcast, the podcast where we discuss anything and everything music industry and intersectional feminism related. I'm Katie. And I'm Natalie. And this is episode 13. What have you been listening to this week? I've been listening to Linkin Park. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people talking about them at the moment, so... Yeah, Pete recently bought the vinyl. So did Ryan, and so did Greg. Why is everyone buying it? Is I it think like it's an anniversary. Ah, uh, okay, okay, that makes sense. I've been listening to Youngblood. Oh, yeah. And I've been listening to Wargasm. Nice. What about you? I have been listening to The Weeknd. Very nice. I have been listening to a band called Gleamer. What are they like? They're that band who are kind of like calm emo sort of tone oh, yes. vibe. Yeah, yeah. And a band called Noija. Explain. Similar kind of vibe, really. Just mm. chilled. I've been listening to loads of like chilled stuff, basically. I think the world is so crazy right yeah. now. Yeah. I just need to chill the fuck out. Yeah. So funny that you mentioned the weekend. Mm. In last week's episode of Unpopular Opinions, one of mine was nearly I hate the weekend. Really hate. Hate's a strong word. I just don't I'm not on board with them. Him. I can kind of see why. Mm. I think oh, it's basic bitch reason, but you know that song on TikTok, Blinding Lights? <laughs> yeah. That has got me into it basically. Um I don't care, it's a tune. Fair enough. You do. Yeah. So what are we talking about this week? So this week, we're talking about a question that has been given by our friend Jack Bottomley. Mm-hmm. How influential do you think misogynistically inclined lyrics of pop punk bands from the early noughties slash tens were in shaping the scene to what it is today? Excellent question. Yes. And I'm glad we've got a whole episode to discuss this. So what we'll do is we have both gone and researched problematic lyrics from people that we like. Yeah. We're just, yeah. We're going to dissect why these lyrics are problematic. And um, we will discuss whether we think they have influenced the scene today. And if so, how? Hmm. So shall we begin? Let's. Do you want to say a lyric first, the artist, the song name, and what your issues with this are? Okay. So I'm going to start with a song by Blink-182. Mm-hmm called dump weed okay the lyric i specifically have a problem with is where it says i need a girl that i can train oh yeah 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 didn't think about it that badly when i first listened to it Mm. listening back i mean it's pretty obvious why that's wrong women aren't yours to train yeah we're not pets we're not pets we're not things that you mold into how you want them to be And it's just, it kind of reinforces the stereotype that men wear the trousers, for lack of a better phrase, in Mm, a relationship. Yeah. And that we have to do stuff for them and appease them. In Obviously, I'm speaking extremely heteronormatively here. But, yeah, 
I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory why that one's wrong. Yeah, I completely agree with you on all fronts and have nothing else to add. Just grow up, Blink-182. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're 40 years old. <laughs> What's your first one? <laughs> so my first one is Save It For The Bedroom by Yumi at Six. Interesting. Which the lyric is, so who's keeping score on who is a whore? Oh. Now, this was written in 2007, probably. So you know that they're not calling a man a whore because men were called man whores. Yes. This is problematic for reasons that are also pretty obvious. Um, It's shaming girls for being sexually active and sex proud. It's as though men prefer girls who haven't had as much sex slash they only want girls with less experience. Yeah, it's that classic sort of dichotomy between like the virgin and Madonna thing where like Mm. women are either sluts in quotation marks or like pure yeah and if you're in between then you're automatically of the slut category definitely yeah um and I just I will never understand because I think it's and that's on Jack's question that is still a slight stereotype today that women who enjoy sex are slutty but men who enjoy sex are just enjoying being single definitely or like being a man, boys will be boys. Boys will be boys, says the incel. Christ. What's your next lyric? So there's not really a specific lyric in the next song, but I think my issue with the next one, it's 17 Forever by Metro Station. Oh my God. And it's basically about, so the lyrics are, I think the whole song is really problematic. And the singer who is uh trey cyrus like Mm. whoever wrote the song obviously is really aware that it's inappropriate there's a lyric in it that says this is wrong but who am i to judge let's not ask why it's not right we can get away with this tonight they know that it's wrong but they're still singing about wanting to be in a relationship with a girl who's underage Mm. knowing that that's illegal and wrong but still writing and releasing a song about it and it's also the fact there's uh, the song 17 forever i assume is like i don't really remember the song but it's him being like oh in my head i'm still 17 forever and therefore it's okay to sleep with underage girls but it's just a bit like grow the fuck up like you're what 20 whatever you were seven at the time 10 years younger than what you think you are and there's a lyric in it that says you're wise beyond your years and that was that is a classic line that men who go mm. for underage girls use. Like, oh, you're mature mm-hmm. for your age. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, do you know who else is mature for their age? Women of age, mm-hmm. not children. <laughs> and I hate, this is something I really hate when people call children underage women. Like mm. calling a 15-year-old girl an underage woman yeah. is just kind of perpetuating the idea that yeah. she's not a child and it's like she is a child definitely it really reminds me of that Kerrang interview I don't know if you ever saw it where Chad Gilbert it was on him dating Hayley Mm. and he was just like oh yeah you know Hayley's like seven years younger than me so she was 19 at the time he was like but she acts way older than 19 years old you know I wouldn't even think she was a 19 year old blah 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 and obviously now like in 2020 when you look at that you're like oh my god Chad there was so much wrong with that and like that's a really subjective way to describe somebody as like acting older than they are like it's more about life experience than age anyway true and I know that kind of counteracts our point but Still, don't just, use that as an excuse to sleep with yeah. underage women. Just don't come out with anyone children. younger than you. Children, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're having an effect on me. <laughs> oh, okay. So my next one is All Time Low, Break Your Little Heart. 
Oh. Yeah, the lyric is, you were fake, I was great, nothing personal. And then there's another lyric later down in the song, little dress, maybe less, so conspicuous. Oh. Yeah, so I don't like this because it obviously shows absolutely no respect for women. And also, like, perpetuating the, like, oh, you shouldn't wear that if you don't want men to, like, you know, hit on you or, like, attack you, abuse you, whatever. Yeah, not okay with that. Also, for some reason, like, little dress then reminded me of, like, a really petite, like, young-looking woman. I don't know why, Mm. but... It's something that you would say to a child, like, oh, put your little dress on. And That's I know true. that, like, I know that adults say it as well, like, our little black dress and yeah. whatever. Oh, but yeah, the LBD. It implies, like, a revealing nature. Yeah. And, yeah, you're right, like, that saying that it's okay to mm. look at them and treat them like that. Yeah. Or even they're wearing this short dress because they want the attention. Like, that. maybe, maybe that is why this hypothetical girl is but also maybe not you can't just assume that what she's doing is so conspicuous also what's her job what's her name what does she like is she an aries <laughs> oh no just a little dress oh yeah true. there's nothing else about her other yeah than yeah look at what she's wearing mm. gross gross what's yours asking alexandria not the american average mm, okay i don't know this song so obviously they're quite screamy but the lyrics I have... I mean, it's a pretty fucking horrible song. Um, oh, God. But the lyrics specific... One second. Who's the singer asking Alexandria? Danny Warsnop. He hasn't been cancelled, has he? There's one... Yes, he kind, has. Kind of. Oh, okay. So... The lyrics that I have a problem with uh, where it says, bitch, you stupid fucking bitch, you stupid fucking bitch, fucking bitch. It's very gendered language. Mm. It's very aggressive. Uh-huh. It's that thing of men trying to offend a woman by belittling her by using a word that's reserved for women. Defo. I hate how aggressive it is. It's kind of intimidating how mm. aggressive it is. Danny Warsnop said that they'll never play it again live, but it didn't say it because they felt bad for it or they felt remorseful for it. They said they'll never play it again live because, in quotation marks, everyone is so fucking offended. Oh, God. And I don't think... Like, I am not personally offended by that. What I am is worried that young women listening to that will think that that's an acceptable way to be spoken to. And young men, more importantly, listening to that, or or people in general, will think that's an acceptable way to describe someone. Agreed. No. That's so bad, actually. It's so, like, not manipulatively abusive, not physically abusive. Emotionally? No, it's like... Oh no, I don't. I think I've just made this up, but like very vocal. It is. I mean, it is abusive. It doesn't mm. matter what type of abuse it is. It is verbally. abusive. Yeah, verb. That's it. That's it. Yes, I was going to say vocally, and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> Yeah, it's so verbally abusive. Mm. What's your next one? Okay, so this is actually just a song title, but it's Bring Me the Horizons. No need for introductions. I've read about girls like you on the back of toilet doors. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't like this because, firstly, it's prejudging girls. Yeah. It's stereotyping girls. And it's fitting women into, like, X amount of categories that he obviously has in his head, which is probably just, like, the girls on the back of toilet doors and then, like, frigid. I have so many problems with this. Okay, tell me them, please. What about this girl made him assume that he, she was who he had read about oh, exactly. on toilet doors? Exactly. Why is he taking any notice of what's being written about anyone on toilet doors? <laughs> because that says way more about the punk that wrote it than the mm. person that it's about. Who goes for a piss and goes, oh, might as well write some, write something on the wall while and I'm there. And also has a pen on them. What fucking loser takes a sharpie with them on the night out? I mean, I've, I've written. I love Holly or one of my mates in eyeliner before on a yeah, toilet true. door. Is she one of the girls <laughs> that he's talking about? 
Oh, maybe actually, maybe I've interpreted this My entirely wrong. One of those ones that like Jesus loves you. You're doing a good job. <laughs> you know what? I take this back. This is a fantastic lyric. He's obviously being really nice about the girls who empower girls yes. in bathrooms. <laughs> So my next one, I'm not sure how pop punky people would perceive the band to be, mm. but it's Glassjaw's song Pretty Lush. There's a lyric in it that says, you can lead a whore to water and bet she'll drink and follow orders. Oh God, I did not know that existed. <laughs> I know so many people who have so much respect for Glassjaw as well. There's just, there's so many things wrong with this song. I find the, the whole thing really weird that they're calling her a whore which implies that she's sleeping around on her own accord, which she's entitled to do. But then, I mean, I know the connotations of whore mean that you have a pimp, but I think that, you yeah. know, they're not using it. Yeah. And then saying, and bet she'll drink and follow orders as if she takes orders. Like, I know that the meaning of whore in this sense is a sex worker who sometimes have pimps. I don't know if there's a better word for that, bosses, whatever. But... They're either saying that bossing a woman around because she can't afford to not do it is okay, or I, there's, I can't unpack it. There's so there's much so I don't much. like about it's it. It's the fact that it's also, firstly, like if if what you said is the meaning behind it, sex shaming, that's one mm. thing. It's also the whole, like, um, what was the first that you mentioned? Oh, the jumpweed one about training a girl. Yeah. It's that as well. It's like treating mm. them like they're a pet. Like, taking, like, obviously, dogs will roll over or sit or whatever, but telling a woman to do something and then expecting her to, like, you know, something so simple or yeah. orders. Ugh. Ugh. God. I hate that. And I think the um the analogy or the metaphor here is like leading a whore to water is taking her to bed, basically. Oh yeah, definitely. And I wonder whether also I don't know if it was this steep or whether they just thought, oh, whore rhymes with horse. Water, whether that implies like a first that this girl has perhaps. Oh, yeah. Which she's allowed to have. Hmm. I'm angry now. That's okay. We okay. like emotion. We like passion. Okay. Do you want to hear my one? Yes. So this is also not really pop punk, but mm -hmm. they always play the same festivals as pop punk bands. So it's Starstruck by 303 featuring mm -hmm. Katy Perry. So the lyrics are tight jeans, double Ds, making me go woo woo. And then later it goes, push it baby, push it baby, out of control. I got my gun cocked tight and I'm ready to blow. Ew. <laughs> now I know that 303 were never really a serious band, mm -hmm. but what I find interesting, and I'm also guilty of this, is that they were going to play Sam Dunk this year and so many people were hyped for it, despite like their actually really awful lyrics. And apparently, I think they must have played the Vans Warped Tour last year. Mm. They had the biggest crowd, so many people just singing like these really horrific lines. <laughs> There's something comical about tight jeans, double Ds, because it's so so stereotypical mm. of like what the male gaze straight male gaze yeah. is after like have a bit of creativity <laughs> that's true what about girls with fringes Where, where's yeah. my appreciation yeah definitely um, girls with septum piercings make yeah. them <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's also like objectifying women and they're saying like, all they are is just boobs and legs. <clears throat> and as long as you got that, we'll bang you. Oof. It's really like reductionist about women. Yeah. And it's also just, it's it's kind of 
body shaming as well. I know it's a really obvious point to make, but we have worked so hard as like the feminist movement to empower all bodies, mm. including like male bodies, non-gender specific bodies, like feeling good in your own body. Yeah. And like then to just reduce that to we still like big tits though. Yeah. Shut so up. Up. Like, That's not an obvious point at all. Like that's not something that I actually came across and I do not Firstly, I don't wear tight jeans. I don't have double D boobs. How is that going to make somebody without those things? Well, how is it going to make some with those things feel? But what about the people without? I have both of those things and that song makes me feel dirty. Well, there you go. No wins from three no three there. No wins. <laughs> Wouldn't shag you, lads. <laughs> Do you know, apparently they're like both doctors. Or well, they became doctors or were studying medicine and then decided, no, we want to pursue a career in music and wrote that song. <laughs> I should know better. <laughs> they could have saved lives. So can I go off pop punk here because it's relevant to this? Mm. So my next one is Katy Perry. Oh you're no, so, Katy. You're so gay. Oh yeah. She basically is like taking the piss out of her ex for being in touch with their feminine side. And the lyric is, he's so gay that he doesn't even like boys. Mm. It's not very PC. It's gender normative. It's homophobic. Yeah. It wasn't even okay when it was written. Yeah. So I don't know why it was written. And Katy Perry's kind of a gay icon. Like, yeah. She's very, like... Flamboyant. Flamboyant and, and like... But I've seen her speak before, and I know that you really like her, and I really mm. like her music, but she has got a slightly judgmental mm. vibe. Do you reckon? So, like, I just think even when I was at school and using gay as a pejorative term was kind of okay, I still Mm. don't think I would have thought this song was okay. I wonder whether, not that I'm excusing Katy Perry at all, I wonder whether because she grew up so Christian, like, I don't know if you know any of her backstory. No, I don't. Her family, very, very religious. She didn't identify with that at all, but some of that is, like, quite hard to shake when you start Mm. getting out of it. So I wonder whether, I mean, like, typically, not saying that this was what her parents believe, but people who are religious obviously aren't for gay people. Mm. I wonder whether there's, like, a bit of that still in there when she wrote this, because this was from her first album, right? It does say in the song, though, I hope you hang yourself with your H&M scarf. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) I just think, like, yes, I know people have had really really challenging upbringings where they're kind of and I really don't mean to like shame anyone who is religious I know it's difficult to like grow up in that environment but it doesn't really excuse homophobia because most religions teach tolerance in fact all the religions teach tolerance yeah which I think overrides homophobia Mm. that might just Mm. be my westernized view and putting it really simply because I'm not religious and it feels easy to me yeah but that's my perception of it is that you can't teach tolerance and homophobia. That's really interesting as well, because, like, what put her on the map was Vans Warped Tour. And Vans Warped Tour always, like, Kevin Lyman claims that he's like, I made Katy Perry famous. Mm. And obviously, now we're talking about all these pop punk bands who would play Vans Warped Tour. I mm. wonder whether, while she was in that era of writing those songs and, like, that kind of persona that she had there was just totally normalised. And I don't yeah. know. I remember, because it was, I think it came out in, like, the Bebo days. I remember so many people having that H&M scarf lyric on their, like, bio line or whatever it was. So aggressive. Yeah. 
like, teenagers thing. Oh, so violent. Mm. What's your next one? So this one isn't too bad, but I've got a few points that I want to make about this. Mm. So okay. it's Check Yes, Juliet by We The Kings. Yes. Oh no, I like We The Kings. Oh, sorry. This might not change your opinion of them. But the lyric is, Check Yes, Juliet, Kill The Limbo. I'll keep tossing rocks at your window. So I think what this song does is it romanticises harassment. It normalises harassment. And also it's just quite unrealistic. And mm. I think that girls will be like, oh, I want a guy who will throw rocks at my window and, you know, like bother me because they want me so bad. Or it will make guys think, oh yeah, this is the way to get a girl back. There is such a fine line between harassment and persistence. And I actually think that romanticizing persistence can lead young people to think that that is romantic and not creepy. Mm. So there's so many things. Like, do you remember that thing on Twitter about that woman who got a text from her doctor? Yes. And I saw loads of men say, you wouldn't find this creepy if the guy was attractive. Yes, we would. Definitely. It's a breach of privacy 100%. and it's terrifying. And not everything is about sex and relationships. You should be able to go to an appointment without mm-hmm. somebody trying to chat you up. It's a very, very fine line. And I think, obviously, we don't know the context of this song. I'm sure, I mean, they definitely didn't mean any harm by this lyric, but mm. you can feel so unsafe in your own home if that does happen to you. Mm. Like my sister, for example, she had an ex-boyfriend who never found out where she lived, but one day came, and this was like a, when they were 13 years old, maybe, and she was 19, so six years later, came to our house, knocked on the door, being like, oh, is Kirsty there? And he came multiple times as well while she was in the house, and we just had to be like, sorry, she's not in and he was and honestly like it got to the point where we were like if he comes again we're gonna have to like get a restraining order on him well my um ex used to email me because i'd blocked him on everything which implies please don't speak to me i'm terrified of you so he used to email me just like really abusive stuff because i'd blocked him on everything and I think that's a really, like, sometimes it wasn't abusive, sometimes it was, like, trying to be romantic. And I think that's a really dangerous headspace to be in where, like, you just don't give up. That's when it becomes almost, yes. like, frantic. Mm. And that's when people act irrationally. Yeah. And we shouldn't be treating this as healthy behaviour. Totally. Okay, what's your next one? So, my next one is the used... Oh no. The song Buried Alive? Okay. There's a lyric in it that says, my foot on your neck and I finally have you right where I want you. Now, (laughs) my perception of the song is that it's about either an ex or like a romantic interest. So it's about a woman, if we're being heteronormative, and I think all the members of the used are straight. It's just a little bit like... It's another aggressive thing, isn't it? Yeah, and I think, I think to defend them, it's probably a metaphor. I don't think they mean my actual foot on your actual neck. Mm. But the song is called Buried Alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that says it all, doesn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> Say the lyric again. My foot on your neck, I finally have you right where I want you. It's also sort of like, it implies that it's the only thing they've been thinking of is almost to like either destroy you or like kind of get revenge thing. Or control. Yeah, which is so dangerously obsessive Mm. and not normal, I want to say. I really want to make a point here that we both know that there is artistic license within lyrics and they don't always have to be that deep. So we know that we are 
potentially looking into these too much. So I know that the used song, Buried Alive, it's about Bert McCracken being in an abusive relationship with somebody. So emotionally abusive. So they were like toying with his feelings. Mm. And then he was saying how happy he is to not be in this relationship. I just don't like the violent connotations that having your foot on someone's neck implies. Mm. Yeah, I feel you. I also agree with you. Mm. Next. So do you know cute is what we aim for? No. I thought you were going to say cute without the E. Oh no, that is on my list, those on yours. Oh! Okay, so um, it's the song The Curse of Curves, which is their most famous song. The lyrics are, I want someone provocative and talkative, but it's so hard when you're as shallow as a shower. And from what I've heard, with skin, you'll win. What does that mean, with skin, you'll win? So how I interpreted was basically like, what I've got in my head is that like, so the song's called The Curse of Curves, which is obviously a woman's figure and like how appearance like over anything else. And also the fact that they're a woman and will always get their own way kind of thing is what I'm getting from this song. With Skin You'll Win lyric is like, if you show a bit of skin, all the guys will come flying towards you sort of thing. Again, every single, like a really common trend in all of the songs we will discuss and won't discuss seems to be quite victim blamey. Yeah. And and I'm not saying that that she is already a victim, but like, it seems like it's got a really bitter undertone of like, men can't control their actions or emotions, so are blaming the women for how they look. Yes, definitely agree with that. really weird. And it's the whole like, so this guy obviously has a dream woman in his head, I want someone provocative and talkative, but then when he does get that provocative and talkative person, or meets that provocative and talkative person, and they're not into him, or it doesn't work out, then yeah, he's so like, oh well, you know, you're a slut anyway, because you show off your legs, your ankles. And men always want, in these songs anyway, somebody who is provocative, but only if it's with them, Mm. not with other people. It's like, if you want a provocative woman, she's going to be provocative with everybody. Yeah. Disgusting. Disgusting. (laughs) I'm going to give you an old classic. Okay. Which I'm sure you've got in your list. Paramore Misery Business. Uh. (laughs) Did you just breathe it in? (laughs) I thought you (laughs) would. Have you seen um, The Vow? Channing Tatum farts in the car. No. And then uh, Rachel McAdams does her window up to smell it. Oh my god, what a queen. <laughs> my friend, McPake. Whenever we... McBain? Mc... <laughs> McPake. Oh. McPake. Whenever... We would always, like, burp at each other. Mm. And then we'd always sniff it. <laughs> and then once we sniffed it, we'll, like, make gestures of wanking at each other's butts. <laughs> wow. Uh, I don't have the Paramore lyric because I was wondering whether it's too obvious, but I'm glad you do. I'm glad one of us has it. <laughs> so, the the lyric- <laughs> <laughs> so the lyric in question is obviously, once a whore, you're nothing more. Yes. Misogynistic. Mm. We don't call women whores mm. unless they want to be called a whore. Mm-hmm. And I know this was young Haley, and she is an absolute queen now, but we have to discuss the most famous one. Yes. There's also no room for growth here. By using a misogynistic slur and then saying that's all you ever are. Yeah. It adds another layer to it. It's the whole, like, people cut... Well, there's no such thing as a second chance kind of thing, but also, like, not normalising, allowing people to learn. And saying that you won't ever change as if it's a bad thing is obviously implying that being a whore is a bad thing Mm. as well. I feel like because 
Haley was so obviously firstly young and she doesn't believe this now so it doesn't it's kind of almost irrelevant but there was a lot of like there was in probably most of us a lot of internalized misogyny when she was younger she was very much like I don't want to be like other girls Mm. which is why she always wore t-shirts that covered the you know the most of her top half she always wore jeans and trainers and tried to look as boyish as possible is what she said in an interview I think as well like I get why you said it's not relevant now but I guess it is because Jack's question is how it's Mm. influenced the scene and women calling each other and this is a mean girls quote but women calling each other sluts and whores makes it okay for men think to think they can call women sluts and whores yeah true and Haley said in an interview um, about the Warp Tour, actually, that there was a stage called the Shira Girl stage. Yeah. And she was really pissed off because she didn't think it was, like, a real stage yeah. because of internalised misogyny. And obviously now, like, she's living proof that you can learn and become more feminist as you grow up. But, like, she must have had really internalised misogyny. But have you noticed in Paramore lyrics now that they don't use pronouns? And she stopped doing this so that men could relate to her music. Oh, wow. Even though, like, I listen to straight guys singing about women and can still listen to it and enjoy it. I don't need to be like, I don't fancy women. I can Mm. just be like, I have been in love before or whatever, if it's about that. But Proof is a really good example of this when she says, like, maybe if I'm half the man or half the woman or whatever, and she calls herself a man and a woman. Mm. Um, But I find that really interesting how she has grown and adapted but it's still slightly influenced by the misogyny because she doesn't want to act like a straight cis woman that's so true i wonder whether also maybe that's something she realized but whether also she has decided to continue writing like that because also there is more than just male and female and so people of all different genders would also be able to relate but then she shouldn't say man and and woman But she, she's obviously, like, amazing yeah. now, but just thought it was worth discussing. I've got a, um, this is a, what's it, seg? No, not seg. Segway? No, 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 segway, just short Segoo. Like, when you go off topic? Beeline. No. No, um. Anyway. Going off topic? Oh, yeah, I'm gonna go off topic. So, I was talking to Henry's brother's girlfriend. We were like, oh, Mean Girls, one of the best mm. films ever, it's so quotable, blah, blah, blah. But then she was also like, and it's the one that all guys universally like. And I'm like, oh. apparently it is. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And we were wondering why, and I was like, I wonder whether it's because in chick flicks, because obviously it's the woman who is the protagonist, mm. the men look somewhat bad, whereas in Mean Girls, it's not. It's women against each other. Wow. And even guys who are a little bit nerdy, like Kevin Nepal, in the end, he still gets the girl. He's really funny. He's really smart. He is attractive. And Damien, obviously, like, they used him for tokenism, but is an absolute icon. He's also so funny and willing to, like, break gender norms, goes into the girls' toilets, wears pink. Yeah. I'm going to sit on that. Okay, let me know what you think. We'd love to discuss further. Okay. This is a short one. I just think it's a bit gross. So it's Thug Workout by Don Broco. Uh Uh-huh. Sexy girls come up to me and they always come, if you know what I mean. Ew. (laughs) I mean, at least they always come. Yeah, that's true, actually. It's kind of good that he's normalising female orgasm. Oh, you know what? Take that back. Go on, Rob. Go on, Rob. Let me raise you another Don Broco lyric. (laughs) Oh, okay. Pretty. Oh, go on. Is about fancying a racist woman. Actually. It's arguably not as problematic as it sounds because she they're saying that basically they like would sleep with her if she wasn't racist kind of 
So they're saying like pretty girl looking over, blah, blah, blah. And what she's saying is talking about foreigners taking our jobs. We should send them away. Send them away? Send them away. (laughs) Here's a bottle of my urine. Here is some urine, you racist bitch. Oh, I just said bitch. Um, But he's basically saying like, I would love you to fix your brain. That's what the lyrics are about, saying that she's racist. So let me shag you and I'll fix your brain. Oh, okay. I interpreted that wrong. I thought it was like, you are racist, so therefore I'm not going to shag you. And I was like, isn't that not a good thing, though? <laughs> no, it's, it's, you should let me love right. you. I can make you change. Oh, okay, <laughs> So okay, his dick, okay. apparently, is an unracist mm, okay. I mean, at least he's trying to make people not racist. But he still wants to <laughs> shag her. <laughs> to change her. I hope. He's shagging for the good of the world. <laughs> I mean, this is a, this is, this could go either way. Mm. I love that he says pretty things can be evil. I think that's a really good lyric. But then it's kind of putting her appearance above her morals. That's so true, actually. And it's almost as though, like, even though he's against the idea, he's still putting the idea out there that, like, pretty girls are superior than non-pretty girls. Yeah, like, she she is racist, but those tits. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) It's like, the racist should be, like, the worst. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like a, "Mm, but. It's a deal breaker. Oh, okay, what's your next one? Okay, I... Couldn't think of any other pop-punk ones off the top of my head. So I've gone for a 2008 Taylor Swift song. Okay. Um, Again, of the similar vibe of Katy Perry, where it says, So go tell your friends that I'm obsessive and crazy. I'll tell mine that you're gay. Okay. I don't like this because Mm. I don't like the stereotype that all ex-girlfriends are obsessive and crazy. Yeah. I think that's a really gaslighty thing that like loving somebody and acting irrationally because you're sad has now turned into psycho. You shouldn't use that term lightly. Yeah. It's not a light term. It's problematic using it to describe someone who's just crying or something. But then also using gay as a slur, not a slur, but like something that's negative. Yeah, it's like making being gay, which is obviously not a choice, with being like irrational. Yeah. The same thing. And also like trying to shame someone by lying about their sexuality, implying that gay is the wrong one or the embarrassing one to be. And I understand that if you aren't gay or if you aren't straight, you probably don't want people to think that you are what you're not. Yeah. But, like, realistically, you're going to run into more problems as someone who is perceived as gay than straight. Yeah, that's so, true. Like, I don't agree with the lyric at all, but I wonder whether, like, you'll tell all your friends that you're crazy and obsessive or whatever it was. Whether that, in some ways, is sort of, like, the opposite because she's saying, like, oh, guys always say that ex-girlfriends are crazy and obsessive when that is not the case. I mean, it's... It's a form of homophobia, but I think that the reason behind the lyric is him telling his friends that she's obsessive so that they won't get with her, Mm. and her telling her friends that he's gay so that no one gets with him Mm. because he's gay might be a way. But I still don't think it's acceptable to use gay as kind of implying that that's the worst thing you can be. Yeah. It also shows a level of insecurity from her as well to be like, like if someone called me crazy and obsessive, I just wouldn't give a shit because I just don't care. I just don't care about the situation. I wouldn't want to get with your friends because if they're your friends, they're probably not very nice people. (laughs) And they're your friends. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But as we said last week, Taylor Swift, her feminism has come along nicely. Yes, like everyone's has. And this is a very old lyric. I just Mm. wanted to mention. 
so I've got a few more pop punk ones. So, Mount Diablo by mm-hmm. The Story So Far. The lyric is, do you look yourself straight in the eyes and think about who you let between your thighs? I was going to write that one. Oh, oh, I forgot. I hate that. Me too. It's very, for first it's very slut shaming. And let between your thighs means like you didn't want them. You just let them. Yeah. Yeah. And there's two ways you can look at that as like women just aren't sexual. And like when they have sex, it's just letting the man do what they want. As though they think that it's their duty Just be a person who has sex with a man. Or it's the complete opposite of that, where it's like, I'll just let anyone in. Mm, Yeah. Like, really passive. I hate when, like, sexuality is taken away from women, because everybody has a different... It's it's a spectrum, isn't it? Like, how sexual people are. Yeah. And obviously, there are people who aren't sexual at all, and there's people who are really happy and comfortable expressing their sexuality. And you shouldn't be affected by anybody else's way of doing that. I agree. Just let people bang who they want, is what I say. I don't like the look yourself in the eye lyric either. That's like... Oh, yeah, so they should feel some sort of guilt for it as mm, well. Shame. Yeah. Back off. We need to get Brené Brown in to talk to Story so far. We do. Should we try and sort it? Should we get her on the pod? Bren, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Bren, babe. <laughs> we'll reach out. Did you have any more? No more pop punk. But any more generally? Well, I mean, if you want to get into what's wrong with Robin Thicke's blurred lines... May as well. <laughs> then we can. Okay. So the song um, obviously was banned from a lot of university campuses, mm. and it was described as a rape song. Mm. Also, another segue, Nirvana wrote a song called Rape Me. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Fuck off. Yeah. Um, the song's video, and I'm back on blurred lines now... I don't disagree with the nudity in it. Mm. I think that the women consented to being in the video. Emily particularly got fucking famous from that. Mm. And I think, like, nudity is a form of art, and I think that's absolutely fine. I have no problem with that. It's just the fact that the men were clothed. (laughs) Yeah, defo. And it was also, like, I doubt any woman had the choice in how they were perceived in that as well. I mean, like, the people in it probably just thought, this is like amazing exposure for my career rather than... Like the the women were obviously paid and consented to it, but it's such a horrible power play of like the men being fully dressed with these just like naked women wandering around Mm. them as if they're just Mm. there to look at. It's like they're dictating what women's bodies should do. A bit like, don't know if this is a good comparison, but you know when people culturally appropriate... And mm-hmm. you know they've not asked anybody who is Asian or black mm. or South Asian, whatever, to have, like, you know, how should this people trade? You know I, there was none of that involved. I've read a lot of stuff saying that, like, the women were fine with it and these are assumptions that people are making mm. because they've got conventionally amazing bodies so they are happy to just show them off, whereas people who criticise this song are bitter or jealous, whereas... Obviously, I'd fucking love to have their bodies. Mm. But at the same time, I the grass is always greener. Like, I look at everybody's bodies that isn't mine and think, wow, they look amazing. That's so true, like, yeah. Obviously, we have had to work really hard on being body neutral or body positive and not me and you, we as a society. But I hate that it's just reduced to female bitterness as the reason, yeah. not rather than there being lyrics such as, I'll give you something big enough to tear your ass into. Oh my god, yeah. Did I ask for that? 
No. <laughs> and also, like, that in itself, that argument in itself, the bitterness. Women aren't always jealous of other women. Oh That's my not God, why preach. they would argue it. Preach. Also, jealous. I used the wrong word there. I learned yeah. this from Lisa Simpson. You taught me. Jealousy means <laughs> to worry about something being taken away from you. And envy means to want something that someone else has. Yeah. That wasn't for you, because I know you know that. That was for our listeners. Oh, I hope they are educated. Aw. So yeah, again, sorry, Jack. That wasn't pop punk. But Robin Thicke is a cunt. I feel like he almost, maybe not, maybe I'm putting him on like a bad pedestal. Mm -hmm. As soon as his music video and the song came out, people started being more aware of problematic lyrics. I remember that being like a big thing in university. That is an amazing take. I've never thought about it like that. Yeah. Same until just then. So we needed someone to be that much of an arse. (laughs) I'm not even joking. I am kind of joking. (laughs) What the hell? That's such a hot take. Oh, I just said hot take. Shoot me in the head. Oh, is that not a thing you want to start saying? I'm English. Oh, right. I think it's like American, isn't it? To be like, hot take. No, I don't think so. I can't get away with it. Okay, fair enough. Um, I like that point. That's mm. a really good point. I'm okay. going to digest that some more. Mm, that's well. Can I say a couple more quickly? Please do. They're yeah. very obvious. Firstly, I want you to tell me if this one is a stretch. Girls and Boys by Good Charlotte. She'll get what she wants if she's willing to please. This type of girl always comes with a fee. Hey now, there's nothing for free. I cannot believe I didn't think of that song when writing yeah. this. The whole song is problematic. Yeah. Patronormative. Mm. Gender binary. Yeah. Girls don't like boys, girls like cars and money. Same I mean, with gold diggers. I am. Joking, no, joking, I'm not. Although, that's less heteronormative. Do Maybe they were, well, because they're saying that they don't like boys. But they are calling us gold diggers. <laughs> What would I prefer? <laughs> um, yeah, no, the song is extremely like naughty's pop punk. Yeah, it's problematic. It? Yeah. yeah, but that's the only. I did look through many, many. What? Did you notice that? What? Did something just like go dark? No. Oh, never mind. Oh yeah. What was it? Do you have a, a light in your garden? Maybe. Because it's light now, and it's going to get dark. Ghost. Don't. Oh, sorry, I didn't really refer to <laughs> that's yeah that's the only one because I looked through many good Charlotte lyrics so yeah. I couldn't find any of this there's also Taking Back Sunday Cute Without the E which is she'll destroy us all before she's through and find a way to blame somebody else Ugh. this is very like it's such a one-sided thing obviously because you are that person writing the song but it's so like not taking any responsibility yeah <laughs> victim blame me again it's just perpetuating the stereotype of gold diggers as well yeah and I feel like it's they they are afraid of their self-worth, so they feel like people will only be interested in them for their money. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like that's an insecurity that they're writing into their lyrics. Definitely. I mean, like, to be honest, and we'll probably, we'll talk about this more when we start getting into the questions, but a lot of this must stem from insecurity generally. Yeah. Yeah. All of it will. Definitely. discussed Mm -hmm. what are the main crossovers in lyrical thematics so it feels like a lot of woe is me she's a whore yes it feels like scorned men Mm. who are blaming the woman for not being attracted to them it's the whole like nice guy trope that i mentioned in the past episode it's like what's wrong well it's not even what's wrong with me it's I'm so nice, so if she doesn't like me, there must be a problem with her. And there's also, like, only so many 
protagonists in pop punk. So it's mm. always a white, straight male. Defo. And the woman never actually gets a say. Yes. It's always a description of like either a woman who is portrayed to be like a complete mess mm. or a woman who is portrayed to be a complete like snob in mm. a way that like yeah. won't give them the time of day. Someone that's like too high maintenance or too much of a mess. But there's something about them that I kind of want to shag anyway. Yeah. Um, and it's as if there's just nothing, no substance to any of the women they're singing about. Definitely. There's such a lack of self-awareness in this. There's no kind of, she's just not the right person for me, like, accepting of the fate of the situation. It's just so, like you said before, aggressive and mm. bitter. I think as well, thematically, a crossover is the sound of the just the pop-punk vocals in general. Yes, it's like, the lyrics themselves is a trope of the genre. Mm. So people who want to be in a pop-punk band have probably recognised this and think, okay, this is what I must talk about to be recognised as a pop punk band and I think that's why there's not as much space in the scene for women or people who aren't men yeah because like we all know the most famous sound in pop punk is where are you (laughs) and it's that moany white guy American wine yeah nasal nasal (laughs) Nasal. yeah so true so why do you think that the genre all had such similar thematics Okay, so I've thought a lot about this, and I referred back to the pioneers of the genre, which are obviously Blink-182, Newfound Glory, Good Charlotte. Mm -hmm. They weren't serious bands, if you think about like their lyrical content and how they performed live and all of that sort of thing. They were fun, they made dick jokes, they had songs that were really like, you know, grotesque. This, on top of the fact that like MTV was really popular, YouTube was becoming really popular, it allowed people to see the genre in its prime. It made it more accessible to see what it was like to be a guy in a band which Mm. with these bands was a really fun thing. It was like backstage, like playing pranks on each Mm. other, always getting the girl, you know, like almost that typical rock star image that people have. And they just wanted a piece of this action. Also, as a genre, it's not that technically advanced. Yeah. And I think that people who want to be musicians who maybe not necessarily, they're sort of more in it for fame or like for fun rather than because I'm a fantastic musician and Mm. I want to make this a career will then maybe like go to that genre because mm. it's more accessible for them. And I feel like all of that then made the way for bands like All Time Low, who grew up listening to Blink-182, You, Me at Six, yeah. The Story So Far, carried all those thematics through. I also think there's an element of lifestyle in this. Like when everybody thinks of pop punk, or certainly when I do, I have images in my head of like board shorts, baseball caps backwards, yes. pizza slices, skateboards... And it reminds me of like Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 and like that era of my life where I would sit and play PlayStation and like that kind of noughties vibe. And I think that the lifestyle has such an impact on the art that they create. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. And especially because that image itself was very much in mainstream media. Like if you think about the films like, um, what's the one where they like have parties all the time? American oh American Pie yeah American Pie that is a pop punk film I think like the soundtrack yes. and all this also the TV shows as well at the time you know like the OC and One Tree Hill but you know what's interesting about that is that they're all aimed at teenagers yeah and I think the thing here is that with pop punk it's like what you were saying about it's not that technical mm. where there's no expectation on skill 
but there is an expectation on the music's ability to emote, to make yeah. you feel something. Yeah. So they all create the same mood of like scorn or angst or oh my god, party. yeah, angst. That's such a good but word. They don't have to be good musicians technically, mm. but they have to emote and create these emotions when you listen to it so it's obviously not really what we're talking about but the whole theme of like which is now a meme in itself the whole theme of like i hate the town that i grew up in it's so small i just want to get out that's exactly the epitome of what we're talking about in this situation except not misogyny yeah and it's like what we've said before where it's like it creates a community yeah for people which is interesting actually that there is so much misogyny in it and i think women in pop punk don't benefit from the male privilege like they don't benefit from having the benefit of the doubt when they're not as good yeah it's like they have to be like Hayley Williams Jenna Dougal McDougal sorry both have amazing vocals and they wouldn't be as successful as they are if they had the vocals of Tom DeLonge for example so true yeah another situation where women have to work twice as hard imagine being a black woman in pop punk four times as hard so true (sighs) okay so (laughs) We obviously mentioned that we still like a lot of these artists. (laughs) Yeah, you wouldn't think it, would you? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking love them all. How do you feel about listening to these songs now? I would still listen to them because they're not new. They're not impacting... I mean, they are, but they're not clearly impacting society today. And I think the movements that are having an influence on us now are so much more prominent and so much more relevant that that's the focus. Yeah. So me listening to Blink-182 saying that they want to train me is not going to make me digress back into thinking that I need to be a submissive woman. That's yeah. going to make me think, thank fuck, it's not like that anymore yeah. and work even harder to keep so true. going. So true. What do you think? Yeah, similarly, I think that, yeah, if they were new songs, I would avoid them, mm. but they're not. It's also one of those things where I'm so familiar with these songs that I don't even register the lyrics anymore. I mean, like mm. when you said the used and all these, I was like, oh my God, the use of problematic lyrics because I don't necessarily listen to them in, in as much detail as I would a new song. I just forget that it's it's almost like a mundane task. You just kind of do it without yeah. really being active. The other thing that I wanted to say on this, it's a bit like watching TV shows like Friends or like Girl More mm. Girls and you watch back now. They're still enjoyable because they were to you when you first started watching them. But you do watch back and you think, oh, that's a homophobic joke or like that's so sexist. I mean, obviously I know some people don't watch Friends anymore I still do yeah Yeah. I still do but I think again like if you're able to it's a nice thing to look at that and look at how far we've come Mm, but I think I'm saying that from a really privileged point of view because I've never been oppressed by homophobia I have been oppressed by misogyny but I'm only young so not to the same extent that people in the generation above us will have been yeah um but yeah I think it's it's quite a potentially tricky thing to do to look at it and reframe it as progress rather than that's a bit shit but yeah I would in short I would still be able to listen to those songs it's exactly what you said I don't process the lyrics exactly and obviously you mentioned Hayley and Mm. no longer performing Misery Business how do you feel about the bands performing these songs still or choosing to not perform these songs I really back when bands choose not to perform them because I think it's actually making a stand that they have grown and no longer identify with those lyrics I think it's such an easy thing to do that says so much just not playing them Agreed, it's yeah. really easy to do that but it's, it makes such a stand yeah so I think I would 
disagree with bands still performing songs that have problematic lyrics. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, similarly, I think that Hayley especially, like she said in interviews, she is so embarrassed about this lyric and also doesn't believe it anymore, regrets it entirely. And she probably doesn't want young impressionable people screaming that lyric back at her. Mm. I mean, that is, that's not going to be the highlight of the show. And it probably, you know, knowing what we know now, people are going to be cringing a little bit at that lyric. So yeah, also totally back Hayley on that. But I do understand why some bands still form them, especially like Cute Without the E by Taking Back Sunday. It is like their biggest song. Mm. And I think that if they don't play it, people would kick off more than if they did play it. So I understand that it's sort of a crowd-pleasing thing. But don't you think that if you've got that platform, then making a stand like that and potentially pissing some people off mm. is a way to make progress? Yeah, I do. I do think that. And I think that is obviously the more important thing to do. Mm. But I guess some men just don't give a shit. You're also very understanding Aww. of being a crowd-pleaser. You should be in a band. No, I don't. Um, I get really um, bad be a, stage fright. Be a drummer. Also, wow. um, I've been meaning to say this for a few weeks now, but I really like those new earrings. Oh, thank you. They're from Weekday. Gabby got them as well. They're really nice. Okay. Every time I see you, I'm like, God, I love those earrings. Do you want to do this and see me? Oh, my God. Oh, little moons. Oh, yeah. I've actually been admiring that one for ages. Wow. Yeah, this one. Like, I yeah, this one, the moon. Which one's... No, I like the star. I like the spikes on it. Ah. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, let's move on. <laughs> To sort of the main question, do you think that the thematics that we've just talked about shaped the scene to what it is today and how much of an impact do you think it had? So I think yes, but I think I think they've shaped the scene by what I said earlier, by the mood that it creates rather than the lyrics and yes. the words. Because I think pop punk even now is normally about relationships in some sense or angst or mental health even but it's always about not the best feeling yeah and I think that's a really interesting scene that we enjoy Mm. um because normally when I listen to music I seek happiness and escapism and everyone that knows me will know I do not listen to slow music um same it's really weird not if a song is slow I will be like nope don't like it yeah same skip um so I seek happiness and upbeatness but I think the way that it used to be, has also shaped the scene for the better. And I know I don't stop going on about them, but Meet Me at the Altar have songs about... So their first EP was about like their struggle as black and brown women in the scene and how resilient they are mm. like coming through that. And I think that is the pop punk that we want to hear yeah. now. And it doesn't mean that just because it's the same sound... It doesn't mean that we still want to hear all the angsty stuff. Like, we can move on Yeah, definitely. What do you think? Well, you make a really interesting point about the general emotiveness of the genre, because like you said, it is so appealing to teenagers, because, yeah, the keyword that you used there was angst. Mm. We all felt it. We all relate to it. Even if it is something that's against the type of person you are, or the person you are, i.e. for us women, you can still feel the angst, the anger. You will be able to relate it to a situation that you've had, even if it is a little bit of a stretch. But I think it's actually had a massive... It's played a massive part in what the scene is today, which is, you know, I'm thinking, when is the next person going to be outed? Which is not okay. Me too. But I think, like I mentioned, it's the clear tropes 
the melodrama and the whole like, oh, you know, failed romantic kind of thing that people are recognising. But I also think that it's affected other things like the longevity of a band's career. Mm. There's obviously anomalies like Blink-182, but there are also so many bands that you will only ever see at Slam Dunk Festival rather than like Reading and Leeds or Download Festival. That's such a good point. Yeah, they'll only just, they'll be playing one stage at Slam Dunk for the rest of their lives. And probably because people are recognising that these lyrics, maybe they can't relate to them anymore. Maybe they're just, it's, it just sounds old, but you know, they're just not progressing. Mm. Or the ones with just men in are uh, anyway. And then also, yeah, the problematic behaviour of the guys who identify with the genre. And that brings me back to the point about like, the MTV and seeing the behind the scenes stuff. That's them wanting to be in a band on top of the fact that they probably, the whole like struggling to get the girl thing is really normalized. And I think Mm. because they may be related to that as teens, they still carry that, you know, for example, like I was a bit chubby when I was younger. Mm. And even though I know that I'm not fat in my head, I'll still think I'm fat, which is Mm. really weird. But I think maybe they think a similar thing where they're still like, oh, I'm so undesirable. I blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. That when they do get the girl, and the girl then maybe doesn't want them, they'll be like, oh god, not again, this kind of situation, like, what have I done wrong, you know. I think with other genres of music, there is such a trope of, like, self-love and being independent and not needing a partner. And I'm thinking specifically about people like Beyonce and other bands, Mm, where... Lizzo. Even Paramore, when, like, ankle biters, like... There's loads of stuff, Lizzo's a great example, Mm. about like exactly being your own soulmate and empowerment. Whereas with pop punk, it's quite codependent. Yeah, yeah. And very much like needing someone else, being in a rut hating your friend because they've done you wrong and it's it's not very self-reflective yeah so i think people need that less nowadays because society is so focused on well-being and self-love and doing stuff for you definitely so it's a it's a weird it doesn't really fit in society yeah that's true and i also think that the obviously it's not i think it's i know the reason they talk about these kind of things is that is probably as far as they have struggled which is just not getting a girl that they want whereas like black women have had so many struggles that's so true yeah that's again the white cis straight Mm -hmm. male privilege that's coming out of pop punk yes exactly wow that's so true that's why it's that like angsty hating women because Mm. that's the only struggle they've had exactly and their mental health which is also very important yeah that's true i mean yeah i was actually just about to say some of the thing which is I obviously mentioned Simple Plan as a non-problematic band and that's because he starts talking he talks about his mental health as a teenager but also like losing family members and all that kind of stuff not once do they talk about not getting the girl also side note I just looked at my phone because a message flashed up sorry and it's my friend Rob saying can you link me to your podcast I'm gonna listen shout out to you Rob Rob Brooks Rob Brooks that's all he's getting (laughs) Okay, and the final question. With all these accusations that have come out and still continue to do so, which ways do you think the genre will change or start to change, hopefully? I think the sounds will change. I think it will be more poppy than punk. Agree. I think it will be funner and I think that it will have to morph slightly into a more commercially appealing sound rather than just trying to be Blink-182. Yeah. I think there'll be, hopefully, 
a more diverse group of people who are getting into it. And I hope that isn't just women. I hope that's more black women, more South Asian, East Asian women, more gay people would be great, non-binary people, black men. It will still work as a genre with different experiences, but I'm hoping that it will stay and evolve rather Mm. than just Mm. disappear. Because I can't name a genre of music that has just completely dissolved obviously like classical music is called classical for a reason (laughs) but people are still making it yeah that's interesting and there's probably loads it's probably my naivety and ignorance that has led me to say that but in terms of like the main genres it would be a shame if it just died out I think it will diversify and evolve i agree and i think that sorry i hate to bring up a man for this but i think <laughs> that um it is good that machine gun kelly moved from a rap artist soundcloud rap artist to a now pop punk king yeah i agree because I it's bringing did. yeah it's bringing it back to the mainstream but i i completely agree and this is what i'm hoping for anyway and this is this idea was driven by meet me at the altar getting signed by fuel by ramen ah! <laughs> which is <laughs> that labels and festivals will start giving other bands more opportunities i think yes finger pointing i think you're definitely (laughs) right about the sound being more poppy and more commercial because if you think about like hot milk stand atlantic and now meet me at the altar i I think they are perfect examples of that new sound that's coming through also tonight in life they don't sound like them but they went in a different direction that was still pop punk but was also not And yeah, it's basically like bands with women or bands with women who are black or South Asian, East Asian. Um, Because nothing will change if it is just predominantly white men, which Mm. is why we need these figures in there. And yeah, hopefully because they are women, queer women, black women, brown women, we'll start to hear about stuff like race or sexual identity. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited. Yeah. I also think that festivals like Slam Dunk and 2000 Trees might start to diversify their lineup slightly. 2000 Trees already do yeah, that, yeah. And, like, and have bands that are more sort of like indie pop and like mm. fun bands that just for diversity. Yeah. Um, and I know that's not necessarily relevant to pop punk as a genre, but I think we mentioned this last week, like there are common tropes in people who like one genre will often like the same other genres. Yeah. So I think they'll explore that more just to make lineups more diverse and not kill out the genre completely. I would like to hope that. I definitely see that in 2000 Trees, mm. especially because they are so conscious about making sure that minority groups are included on the lineup. Yeah. Some don't... Uh, I would like to be optimistic about it, but considering their lineup, I think Hot Milk's on there, uh, Dream State's on there, Lizzie Farrell, I think, but yeah, she's I don't there. I don't know of any other bands with women on Creeper? there. Yeah, Creeper on there, aren't they? But still, four that we can name of however many there are. It is such a almost still festival because it is the same genre. You know, like you see Reading change throughout time. Sandra mm. just hasn't done that really. Yeah. So it feels like it will just be... Men in baseball caps on backwards in their band tops and shorts. I don't know what the creeper are on Slam Dunk, actually. Oh, do you not? No. Oh, okay. Well, they have played before. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cool. So thank you, Jack, for that question. Yeah, thanks for letting us talk for an hour about this. Um, Also, just as a heads up, we'll be doing more episodes like this where people asked us really good questions and we've made a whole episode about it because we love talking. Yes. 
you can email us at justagirlpod at gmail.com and let us know what you think about pop punk lyrics being misogynistic and shaping our music today. And also send in lyrics that you think are problematic oh, yeah, that we didn't recognise. You can also follow us and tweet us at justagirlpod. And you can follow us on Instagram at justagirlpod. You can follow Katie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do each other's. <laughs> on Instagram, Katie, that's K-5-A-T-I-W-E, or on Twitter, K-Roberto, which is three O's. You can follow Natalie on Instagram and Twitter at Natalie, which is N-4-A-S-T-I-L-E. No, that's Natile. <laughs> you can follow Natalie on Instagram and Twitter at Natalie, which is N-4-A-S-T-A-L-I-E. Please like all our stuff. The end. my name I was like wait is that is that how you spell my name <laughs> it's the four A's N-A-T-A-L-I-E yeah yeah yeah